What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well this week and I feel like I was going to say I'm excited about this episode but I need to refine that phrase because I say that I'm excited about literally (laughs) every episode and it probably comes off disingenuous. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Is it just ingenuous or is it disingenuous? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not genuine. (laughs) Yeah, it probably comes across not genuine but it's just because I'm actually genuinely excited for every episode. Yeah, um, we're passionate. <laughs> yes, but the reason I was going to say I was excited about this one is because it's a listener request. And these are probably like some of our favorites to do because we know that it's something you guys want to hear from us. So if you ever have a request yourself, you can feel free to DS. <laughs> Why can't I talk? You can feel free <laughs> to DM us on Instagram or use our anonymous suggestion box that's always linked in our show descriptions. Or you can send us an email. You can text us, call us. FaceTime us, show up at our house. (laughs) Maybe don't do that. (laughs) No, but seriously, we love getting requests from you guys, especially because it makes it feel like it's more than just a conversation between Anya and I, because we know that it's something that you guys actually want to listen to. So hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear. But to talk about the actual topic of the episode, we are going to be talking about keeping in touch with friends post-grad and we kind of went back and forth how we wanted to structure this episode and we kind of landed on just talking about you know why keeping in touch with friends can be so hard post-grad and kind of the expectation versus reality of the matter and also how you can keep in touch some tips and tricks for keeping in touch with friends that you do want to stay in contact with post-grad. Yes and it's funny because I remember When we were first starting the podcast and brainstorming like initial episode ideas like a year ago, this one was on the list. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at the time we were like, we can't speak to this because we are like one month post-grad. So now we are almost a year post-grad, which is also crazy to say. So we have a little bit more experience. And we also went through like the most extreme form of this, I think, like graduating into a pandemic when it's even harder to keep in touch with your friends. So Mm I think we've got a little bit of experience, might say. Oh, yeah. Some credentials for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So that'll be the episode today. Hope you're excited. Hope you stick around. Little disclaimer is it's been really windy today where we live. And I actually lost power for a couple hours earlier today because of the wind. So if you hear any, you know, wild gusts, <laughs> don't be <laughs> don't alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Whoa. Jinx. That was good. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the wind's been crazy today, so you'll have to excuse any weird gusty sounds. Um, It was like literally over 30 miles an hour earlier. Yeah, there were some tall trees swaying a bit too much for my liking in our backyard, Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, um, hopefully the more spring, less windy weather is right around the corner, because don't love the wind. Um, but before we get into the main topic of this episode and our segments, We want to give you the final reminder about our one-year celebration episode. We want to hear from you all on the biggest lesson or the most important thing you've learned this past year. So send us a voice recording to our email. It'll be linked in the description down below by April 30th and include your address if you want us to send you a little something in return. Your address obviously won't be shared with anyone, but the two of us. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think it'll be the end of this week um, that 
these are due. So if you want to be included, get your submission in and we want to hear your little voices on the air. So fun. All right. So with all of the housekeeping aside, let's get into our week in review. So this week I was really, I'm, I'm feeling a little, a little lighter, you might say, um, mostly because the people around me and the people close to me, most of them have their first vaccine, which is just crazy. And I, I feel like, you know, it's like a surreal thing almost like we've been in this for so long. And frankly, like back in January, I, I, my expectation as far as getting vaccinated was like late summer. Like I didn't have that high of expectations as far as like how the timeline would go. Like I feel like the conversation around it was just kind of like not super promising. And I was like, all right, like this year is probably going to be mostly like last year. Like I've kind of came to terms with it, but it's just so great to see the people that I'm close with getting vaccinated. And I think maybe by the time this comes out, Kylie and I will definitely be eligible. I don't know if we'll have had our appointment yet, but um, that'll be really exciting too. My boyfriend Grant got vaccinated today, the first one which is great. And I just feel like I'm seeing, I feel like I've said this a couple of times in the recent episodes, but like the light at the end of the tunnel, but it really is true. And like, I'm just so amazed with like humanity that we were able to like have this extreme problem and in less than a year come up with an extreme solution. And it's just kind of crazy. So go us, (laughs) go humanity. Love that for us. (laughs) I know. And it's just, I like could get emotional thinking about the fact that like life could be back to normal so soon because I think like you said we all kind of like started to just assume that this was going to be life and I think weirdly enough you know I didn't want to jump in front of anyone with the vaccine obviously but I was kind of bummed out being like I'm going to be one of the last on the totem Mm -hmm. pole to get vaccinated which in hindsight just means that I'm young and healthy which is not a bad thing at all but you know it's when people are getting vaccinated yeah yeah um but I'm realizing now that you know, my whole family will be vaccinated before me because my brother is, he works in healthcare. He's a physical therapist and both of my parents are over 50. So Dylan's already vaccinated, my brother Dylan, and both of my parents will be vaccinated before me and my younger brother are. And me and my younger brother are probably going to get vaccinated around the same time. But that means that once we get vaccinated, we I can see friends, like you and I can see each other without any sort of like hesitation and not have to worry about, you know, us getting sick, our families getting sick. I think it's just going to be such a big relief. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not planning to like do anything extreme when I get vaccinated or anything, but just like, I don't know, being able to like go to a restaurant. Like I haven't been to a restaurant in so long. Like I just, those little things, like I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it's just crazy that, I don't know, it feels like things just got so much more expedited than I expected. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, And then another thing that I wanted to bring up in my weekend review is that believe it or not, You guys, I never thought these words would be coming out of my mouth. I have been coffee-free for over two weeks. Can you believe it? Insane. I literally will never. I have not been caffeine-free. Let's be clear. I've been coffee-free. So I think I talked about in a different episode how I haven't really been sleeping well. I've been trying a lot of different, you know, solutions. And one of the ones that came to mind more recently is that I'm just drinking too much caffeine for like my activity levels at this point in my life. Uh, because I was kind of keeping up with the same intake as I was having like in school when obviously I was doing a lot more and I was like on the go. So that was like my, you know, testing. I did a little A-B testing in my life, you might say. (laughs) Um, And so I guess I quit it cold turkey. Like it wasn't like that dramatic. Like I wasn't like, I'm never having coffee again. But like 
you know, a couple of weeks ago, I just started making tea in the morning instead of coffee. Um, and I'm not like saying I'm never going to have coffee again. Like I definitely want to still have it like as a treat. And like, if we go to Starbucks, like I'll definitely get coffee or like, you know, a nice little cafe. Like I think I'm still going to enjoy it occasionally. It's just not going to be like my daily caffeine source anymore. Cause I feel like I'm kind of on the, like the mend. Is that a phrase? I'm kind of on like yeah. the turning point of like having a little bit of like caffeine withdrawals. Like I was just getting a little bit of a headache like in the afternoon, but it's been better the last few days. So I feel like I'm like close to like regulated in that sense. Um, so I've been having matcha and then just like literally tea all day. Like, and I was kind of doing that before, like um, herbal tea and stuff. So like I have a lot of chamomile and, um, you know, blood orange, like a lot of different teas. And I feel like, um, I also mentioned this in a past episode, but Kyla and I once went to an, I guess it was like an, an apothecary, like an herbal yeah. store. And I was really like inspired there and I thought it was like a really cool thing. Um, and so because of this new, you know, tea journey that I'm on, <laughs> um, I've been getting more into like the idea of herbalism and like learning more about it. And I've actually been listening to an herbalism podcast for like a couple months now. Uh, but I started looking into like some courses maybe I'll take. We'll see. Like I feel like it's just really interesting and it kind of like feeds well into like my overall environmentalism, like supporting local farmers, you know, like all of that stuff. So anyway, that's a very long-winded way of me saying that I've made the switch and it's going pretty well. So if you've ever thought about it, don't be scared. I was really scared. I've had coffee for like five years straight, maybe more than that, probably like five years, Um, but it was all right. We're on the other side. So highly recommend. Look at you, pal. I want to be one of those like hip and trendy girls that drinks matcha Instead of coffee, I just don't have like because you know how you need like the special like whisk, the whisk and, and everything. All that? Yeah. I don't have any of that, so I do maybe, feel cool. Like when I'm like in my work, in my morning meetings, I'm like drinking like a little green thing. Everyone's like, "What's that?" I'm like, oh, "It's matcha." And right now, yeah. I'm drinking a turmeric golden milk thing, and it's like bright orange, like so fun. That is fun. I want to be one of those girls, but for now. <laughs> It's a Dunkin' K-Cup <laughs> for me. <laughs> Maybe once I move to Boston, I'll that's when I'll make the, the switch and become a matcha gal. Um, so for my week in review, I actually the day that we recorded this episode, I gave my first oral argument to a judge, and I'm putting judges in air quotes because it was my professor, but she was pretending to be a judge. So for those of you that may know, this is probably going to sound ironic considering we have a podcast, but I don't like public speaking. Um, The podcast doesn't feel like public speaking. It just feels like I'm talking to Anya with like a few like weird equipment-y things around me. But when it comes to like speaking to other people, especially like when you put preparation into it, I think I'm just always afraid that I'm going to work really hard and prepare for something and then look like an idiot doing it and make people think like, oh, she must not have prepared. She doesn't know what she's talking about, blah, 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 blah. I just don't like it. But I made, I gave my oral argument. It was eight minutes long, which felt like 30 seconds. I couldn't believe when my time was up. I didn't even talk about one of the elements, which is okay because I got asked a bunch of questions. I should probably explain how an oral argument works before just diving into it. Essentially, I was paired with another student who was assigned to represent the defense of a like mock case we were given at the beginning of the semester. And so this student was uh, assigned to represent the defense. I'm representing the plaintiff and we each prepared arguments around a motion, which is just like, you want the court to do something. 
And so the defendant had, you know, requested that the court do this thing. And so we were arguing over whether or not the court should do it. So he went first, presented his argument as to why the court should do it. I went second and presented the argument as to why the court should not do it. And so with that, he goes first and the judge just asks you a bunch of questions. You prepare an argument because sometimes judges don't ask questions. They just want to hear your argument and your outline. But most of the time, judges will ask a ton of questions because they're trying to really understand the law and they're trying to understand how the facts of your case fit into the law so they know whether or not to grant this request that the party is asking for. And so for me, I was the second party to go and I got all questions. I gave my intro and Anya was nice enough to uh, practice with me. And I told her that, you know, I'm going to get through my intro. And then after that, I let her ask me questions as I went because I knew I was really only going to get through the intro before I started to get interrupted. And I was exactly right. I don't think I gave any of my like prepared argument. It was all answering questions for the whole eight minutes, which I personally am really relieved about because if I had to just drone on for eight minutes about stuff that like I wrote down, no one was going to have fun, but I'm good at answering questions and like good at coming up with my answers off the cuff. And I'd practice some questions that I anticipated being asked. And I was asked almost every single question that I anticipated being asked. So I was like, girl, you know the law, you know it's good, like good job. So yeah, all that's to say, I did it. It's over and done with. I don't know like how I did as far as like a grade because obviously everyone in my class has to go and then the dreaded law school curve must rear its ugly head before we can get (laughs) our grades back. Um, But yeah, so if you're a law student, I don't know if it's still oral argument season by the time you're listening to this, but if you're not into public speaking like me, really wasn't that bad. Doing it over Zoom makes it a little better. And I'm happy that I don't have to worry about it ever again. And by that, I mean, at least for the rest of the semester. You should have seen me asking the questions that she had prepared. I was literally like, no, I was literally like, what is the motion of the defendant? (laughs) Like, I was like, all the words. No, but that was good because I'm kid you not. I got through my intro and there were three elements and in order to like actually understand the whole law, you have to kind of go in that order of the elements. But I knew that my professor just wasn't going to go in that order because that's way too easy. And so I got through my intro and I opened my folder and she goes, can we turn to the third element, counsel? I was like, heck yeah, we can. I'm prepared. I knew you were going to do this to me. Um, But yeah, my mom impressed me. I did it in front of my mom and that woman weaved in questions like she knew the freaking law. It was insane. Like, afterwards, I was like, Mom, I'm impressed by you right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Well, congrats. It must be a relief. Thanks. Yes. And with that, we'll move into our favorites. So my favorite for this week is one that I'm really surprised I haven't said yet, and I feel like I haven't said it because I just assumed past me already said it, but I I didn't. And so it's a little late at this point, but it's Quinn 92's new album, Change of Scenery 2. And if you are, you know, a Quinn, if you're like somewhat deep in the Quinn fandom, (laughs) you would know that his first album was called Change of Scenery. And it's really the one that blew him up, specifically the song Another Day in Paradise. And 
so good and just like so nostalgic, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so this album was created, I guess, to kind of like embody similar elements and just to like show the progression since like it's been like five years, I think, since that album came out. Um, and so I really like it. I can already tell that it's going to be on my like Spotify wrapped because it's literally all I've listened to the past like three weeks. Um, and so I'm going to tell you guys my favorite songs on the album in case you don't have time to listen to them all and you're not familiar with Quinn. Well, you pull those up. I will admit that I haven't had the chance to listen only because <gasps> I haven't had the chance At to like all? sit down and appreciate it. Cause I don't oh want to just God. like randomly listen to it and like be super passive. I haven't had the chance to like have that car ride where I'm wow. like, all right, Quinn. I cannot I believe it. You have to. At this I point, know I have to I be do. there. I feel like, yeah, well, and that's the thing. I'm like, I've put it off so long that I like need to make sure the moment's right so I can really appreciate it. Right. Fair enough. Okay. So first of all, the intro and outro of this album, Chef's Kiss Art, literally reminds me of like the 1975 because he has an intro track that's like less than a minute long and it, it like incorporates like nuances from other songs. And what's that called? Like a motif. It has like lots Mm -hmm. of motifs. And then it leads really nicely into the first track. And then my favorites. So I like the first one, which is called We Made This Album in Newport. I like My Wife and Two Dogs. I like SOS. I like Stay Next to Me. I like Look How Far We've Come. Those are my favorites. Um, Look How Far We've Come. The first time I listened to it, I like actually cried. I think just because it's just, it's just funny because like Quinn's not like an emotional songwriter, yeah. like by any means, like he's not like a Bonnie Bear like vibe or anything. But I think it's because in the latter half of the song, he incorporates the beat from Another Day in Paradise. And it's the outro of the album. And like, I just wasn't expecting it. And I literally like teared up like when I was first listening to it. Because I guess it's just nostalgic. Like, I guess it just reminds me of like, this sounds tragic, but like way better times in life. Like, you know, like 2016, like summer boat energy compared to like now. And I don't know, huge fan, highly recommend listening. I know it's going to be like my one of my top albums for the year. It's my favorite thing that he's put out in a long time. So check it out. Yeah, I was going to say, I know how much you really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to listening to it. Would you suggest listening to it like in order the first time I think around? so. Yeah, okay. I think it's really important that the first and the last songs are indeed the first and the last songs. So Okay, so might as well listen in order. Yeah. But yeah, we are... Quinn 92 stands. This is a Quinn 92 fan account. <laughs> yeah. And um, Grant, Grant Twitter DM'd him like the day after it came out and was like, hey man, really like the new album. And he responded. Really? Yeah. Oh well, he's God. met him. Like Grant's met Quinn. Yeah. Like he's been there from like the very, very beginning. Like he went yeah. to a concert that was just at a bar in Boston and the tickets were $20 to like meet him. Um, so maybe he can like see, like maybe if you have like a verified Twitter account, you can like get priority for people that you've messaged before. I don't know, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, he responded. I was like, wow, he's so down yeah. to earth. We love it. Wow, we love him. <laughs> um, my favorite for this week is pretty exciting. So I, I don't know if I talked about this, but I was having some laptop issues, namely with my laptop's battery. It was dying at like thirty percent which Mac users may know you get like a warning at I think 10% and 5% when your battery is going to die. So you can like hop up real quick and make sure that your laptop's plugged in. But because mine was dying at 30%, I was never getting that warning. So the amount of times that I was just like in the zone working on something and my laptop would just die, (laughs) astronomical. 
And then it was taking forever to charge. One night it took nine hours for it to go from 40 to 70%. And I was like, this isn't it. Something's going on. So I went to I went to the Genius Bar and I said, what the heck's going on, folks? And they were like, well, this is and an old said, laptop. Planned obsolescence. That's what's yeah, going on. Legit. <laughs> But I told them I had my laptop for six years, five or six years, and they were kind of like, you know, that is kind of the the time when it starts to decline on you. And they did like run whatever their testing situation is. And my battery was the only thing failing, but it would have cost, I think, $130 to replace the battery. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm dealing with a super old laptop. Like the battery realistically is probably the first thing to go. So now it's replaced the battery for $130, but who's to say two months from now it's not something else or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I'm probably just staring down like the beginning of the end. And when you're in law school, I'm like, I really can't afford for my laptop to just up and die on me one day. Like, that would be worst case scenario. So all that is to say, I got a new laptop. I'm not recording on it right now, ironically because I need to transfer all the stuff from my old laptop onto the new one. And I'm also waiting for a um, adapter hub to -hmm. come in because the new laptops have USB-C. And so I ordered an adapter hub that has like an HDMI, two USB-Cs and two normal USBs. Um, So I'm waiting for Don't they have um, like lightning ports? I don't even think they're USB-Cs. I think they're like lightning ports, right? No? They told me they were USB-Cs. Maybe they've changed it. Mine, mine's from 2016, and it was, like, the first iteration that had no plugs other than, like, the two, and they're, like, lightning. That, it, it's possible that they changed it, because I feel like in 2016, they were big into the lightning. Yeah. Port, and now USB-C is the rage, so. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it has the M1 chip, which I had no idea what that was until my friend Leighton told me that I guess Apple had been using an Intel chip in all their computers. Like, Apple didn't have a specific chip designed for apple products and so i think around 2016 they created their own chip the m1 chip and now all their laptops have it and so since it's specifically designed to work with macbooks it's supposed to just be like a lot better okay allegedly i didn't know that either but so go the more you know yeah but yeah so after this episode i will be recording on a new laptop it's going to be so fun it's rose gold that's the best part great yeah, it really is. And I got a <laughs> matching external hard drive to go so with fun. it. So fun. So love it. Love a technology upgrade. Love that for you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Let's move into the main topic of this episode. Let's talk keeping in touch with friends post-grad. Maybe they've moved away, you know. So obviously college is a time of, you know, expanding your social circles, meeting a ton of new people, having a lot of friends, having a lot of acquaintances, having a lot of acquaintances that you call your friends. Like, I feel like that's just like the culture when you're a student and you all have like, obviously this such like a core thing to relate on in that, like you all go to this school. So I feel like it's kind of easy to make friends in college because you know, you all have at least one humongous thing in common and like all of the different conversation topics that stem from having that one humongous thing in common. Um, And, you know, graduating can be such a huge shock and a change from that, especially when you're going from, you know, living with your friends to moving away, moving to a new city, moving back home. Like I went from living with five people to moving back to my parents' house and being, you know, like the only child here. 
And I feel like that's such a tough transition and it can be really hard to like navigate how to handle that. Yeah, for sure. And I think most of us want to stay in touch with our close college friends. Like I'm sure when we all, when we were all sent home from the panini, is that, oh, are stop. people going to get that TikTok joke? <laughs> they are, they are. But. <laughs> um, but no, when we were sent home from the pandemic and like started to think about, you know, graduating and the fact that we weren't going back to campus. I know I had a running list in my head of who I wanted to keep in contact with. But at the end of the day, it's easier said than done to stay in contact with the people that you want to, especially if you're busy, if you're not into social media, if you're an introvert, I'm kind of all of the above. So like, it's hard. And post-grad life is one of the busiest times of your life. So it's easy for things like that to slip into the cracks. But we wanted to do this episode to talk through which types of friendships you want to carry with you post-grad and ways to nourish those for when you eventually can see your friends again when the panoramic's over. <laughs> How many times am I going to make this joke? <laughs> um, but yeah, so this goes, like Anya said, for college friends, long-distance friends, friends that you just don't see as often as you would like to. These are just ways to keep in touch with them until you can see them again. Yes. So we wanted to talk through, you know, kind of ways to determine which friendships are worth keeping up with post-grad. And I feel like that sounds, you know, aggressive, but it's just true that you literally can't keep in contact with everybody that you were in friends and you were friends with in college. And while that sucks, I feel like it's just a fact. And so it's important to figure out which friends you really do want to carry that relationship on with and put effort into. Um, And then we're also going to talk more like tactical ways to keep in touch, like some creative things that we came across that maybe you haven't, you know, done before. And these are like literally ways to like keep in touch with the friends that you think are worth keeping in touch with. Yeah, for sure. And I know when we were, you know, planning out this episode, I thought back to like when we graduated high school, I know I was like, I'm going to keep in touch with this person and this person and this person and they're my best friends for life and nothing's going to tear us apart. And at the end of the day, I left high school with two friends and one of them is Anya and we didn't even go to high school together. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just the fact of the matter that you grow apart from people and sometimes your path takes you where you're not prioritizing certain friendships for no reason other than you're just busy and on a different path of life. Like I have no animosity towards anyone that I went to high school with. I just am not super close with anyone because our paths didn't cross anymore. Yeah. Um, And sometimes like having, you know, college as your one thing that ties you together, sometimes that's it. And that's okay. And I think we're going to get into that more. So I don't want to jump the gun. But yeah, no, but basically, like the point is that after college, we might not have the time or the energy to invest in all of these people that we were close with. And especially when you don't live near each other, it's even harder to do that. Um, You know, when you, are all in the same physical location. It's a lot easier to say like, hey, let's grab a quick coffee. Let's meet at the dining hall. It's easier to cultivate those relationships because you're literally all within like probably a couple miles of each other at the most extreme. Um, but when you don't live super close to each other and you don't have this one you know, binding thing that you're all experiencing at the same time, it might mean that you don't necessarily want to allocate your time to staying in touch with them or you don't have the time or the energy and that's okay. And I just want to like normalize that that's a natural progression and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're a bad friend. So I just, you know, I don't want anyone to feel bad about people that they might not have stayed as close as they wanted to with. Um, And that's why it's absolutely okay. And like, frankly, a lot of the times necessary to just pick a small group of like 
long distance friendships, whether that means, you know, a couple hours or maybe they live like across the country um, to cultivate. And for this, I feel like it's really important to think about, you know, it sounds cheesy, but like the people you want to see in your wedding party, the people that you want to like buy houses in the same neighborhood when you are older and like go on vacations together when you're retired and like prioritize those people. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really, when I read that you wrote that, I was like, that's a good way to think about like who, what friendships you want to prioritize, why you're prioritizing them. And also thinking about what type of friend you want to have in your life and what type of friend you need in your life. Because I I don't mean for that to sound selfish. I feel like that sounds really selfish to be like, I'm keeping Anya in my life because she makes me feel good about myself. Like obviously (laughs) there's much more to it. But I guess what I mean is that with college, you you gain so many acquaintances. And I know for me, I gained a big circle of friends. And at the end of the day, in that bigger circle, there's people that you're closer with and there's people that you're not as close with. And I think looking at those people that you're not as close with, there's probably a reason why you're not so close with them. And graduating college is kind of the chance to make the clean break from friendships that you may have had to maintain just for the sake of, you know, not stirring the pot for no good reason. Does this make sense? Like, yeah, when you just don't get when you don't mesh with someone super well, but there's no reason to like be like, I am no longer your friend without it starting like unnecessary drama while you're in college. When you graduate, that's your chance to be like, okay, this is a relationship that I don't necessarily want to prioritize for whatever your reasons may be. So it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. But you just have to think about yourself and what relationships you want to prioritize in your life. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I feel like in college, there's lots of – there's, like, the culture of groups, I guess. Like, people will often form groups, like, pretty early on or form, you know, subgroups within, like, the club or, like, the organization that they're in. And, you know, not all, you know, 10 people in that group are going to be as close with each other as maybe two people or three people in that group. And I feel like there's so much pressure to, like, stay a group. (laughs) But when you're out of college, like, that pressure doesn't exist anymore. So I think that's a really good point that, like – you're not, you know, obligated to chat with those people that like you weren't as close with in the first place. So there's no reason to feel bad about that. Yeah. And also I've noticed for me, like the people that I felt that way towards also haven't reached out to me. So like, cool. Like the feeling was mutual. We both are like, yeah, you're fine. Like no animosity at all, but like we're both just better off not necessarily nourishing this friendship right now. Yeah. That's such a good point. It's most of the time probably pretty mutual. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and kind of on the other side of that coin, even if you recognize that you might not have the same things in common anymore, that doesn't mean you have to grow apart. Like if you, you know, for example, like take me and Kylie, like we're on pretty different post-grad tracks. Like I would say like two sides of like the extreme that you could be on, like working full-time and going to law school full-time. Like those are really different. Like our schedules don't necessarily align or like We don't have a lot of overlapping topics regarding like our work in school that like we can talk about, but that doesn't mean you can't like still put effort in and like have those friendships if you want to. It just looks a little different. You know, you have to put in more effort. You have to find topics of conversation that you can still both relate on. Um, So I'm not saying like just because you graduated, it means that like you have to sever like every relationship ever because you don't have anything in common anymore. Like I think that's definitely not the case. It's just you have to be more selective with the people that you choose to do that with because you literally just can't do it with everyone. Um, And it's also important to remember that every friendship is unique and should be treated that way. So, you know, we all have friends that we talk to almost every day and, you know, maybe 
words of affirmation is their love language. And so you're texting them, whatever. Um, And then we have some friends who we chat with like once a month and that's fine with them. So it doesn't mean that you're failing the friends that you don't contact as much. What matters is that when you are talking to those friends, you're happy and you're grateful to have them in your life and you're like present in that moment. But, you know, you don't have to give the same treatment to like everybody in your life. And I can think of a couple people, like a couple examples in my life. Yeah. And I think before we get into kind of the tips, a little bonus tip kind of is, (laughs) you know, when you're thinking about what relationships you really want to nourish and keep in mind, I think something that I've thought about is kind of that love language idea, but it's not necessarily even thinking of how you receive love. So like for me, I'm a big words of affirmation person, but, and that's what I like to receive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what I give to others as a love language. And like Anya, for example, you're like, you're like a giving gifts person. I feel like that's one of your main ways of showing love. Yeah. But that isn't necessarily the way that you receive love either. So like just I feel like it's important to understand that because when you like, for example, Anya was super nice and brought me a bottle of champagne after I got my grades back. And that was like a moment of like, this is Anya showing like she's proud of me and like her appreciation towards me. And I just knew that that's how you received love. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, understanding the give and take of love languages. And that sounds silly, I know, to say with friendships, but that's really how it works when you're dealing with a friendship that is a relationship in your life. And we've talked about that theme before. So yeah. understanding that is crucial. Yeah, especially for people in your life whose, you know, love language is quality time. I feel like this is probably yeah. the hardest for those people because you can't really have that as easily in a virtual world. And so you know, maybe some of these tips are going to pertain to people that prioritize quality time. Maybe some are going to be words of affirmation, but it is really important to identify like what it is in all of your friends. And if you don't know, just ask them. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to be mad that you asked. Like, you know what I mean? If Anya texted me and was like, it seems like words of affirmation is your love language. Like, is it? I'd be like, yeah, it is. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so now moving into the ways to keep in touch kind of a reminder that we wanted to give, and this is kind of going off of what we were just talking about. So I, well, Anya and I joined our past guest, Sarah's company's Whole Debts. That was so many possessives just then. <laughs> anyway, Whole Debts uh, Community Gatherings, is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. So I was in mine, and I was kind of talking about how as a law student, I was nervous that some of my friends would think that I wasn't prioritizing their friendships when in actuality I was just feeling so busy and overwhelmed that it was I couldn't add another thing onto my plate if that makes sense and a girl in my group uh kind of chimed in and was like Kylie like something that's really helped me feel better about this is just really reminding myself what type of communicator the people that I'm trying to stay in contact with are and working with that. And that kind of, it stems into everything that we've talked about so far. Love language, whether it's a friend that you talk to every single day or a friend that you check on, check in on once a month with. Or maybe it's a friend that doesn't mind reaching out all the time and is always the first one to reach out. And that's not them, you know, they're never going to feel like you're not putting effort in. They just like to reach out all the time. So really figuring out what it is for those friendships, because then the ones where you are both content just checking in on each other once a month, don't have to stress about that. The friends that are always going to reach out and they're never going to think twice about it, you don't have to stress as much about that because that's just how they communicate. And I used an example if 
a friend uses Snapchat a lot. Like if they're just a big Snapchatter. This is a horrible example, but it's the only thing my pea-sized brain could think about at this time of the day. <laughs> um, but if you know that someone uses Snapchat, then and you want to keep in contact with them, maybe it's just a matter of trying to make yourself available on Snapchat. See if they Snapchat it. See if they posted a story. Swipe up on it. I never use Snapchat. I forget it exists half the time, so I don't know if that's how it works. But. My point is just really reflect on what type of communicator they are and figure out how that, how you can ensure that they're seeing that you're making the effort, you're reaching out and you care about them. That's the main point. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving into the first tangible tip is to try to have quick phone calls just to check in and chat. And you can do this while you're driving. You can do this while you're commuting, going for a walk, running errands, any sort of like relatively more passive thing where you're not mm-hmm. having to interact with other people. I have a friend, actually, one of my friends from law school. She calls me every time she goes to the grocery store and we just chat and she's like, we're not talking about law school right now. Like, let's just chat. And so that's really nice. Um, but yeah, so arranging that can be super nice and help you feel like you're in constant communication with those friends. Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of you guys might not know this, but I have like very few family members in the U.S., Um, And so for the most part, it's basically just like my parents and one set of grandparents and then the rest of my family lives in Israel and some in Belarus. And so I feel like this is something that I've observed with my parents just like throughout my life. I feel like they do a really good job at trying to keep in touch with my family that lives so far away. And that's like across, you know, time zones and like literal like cultures and languages. And I just feel like I'm so like as I get older, I've been so impressed seeing like that my mom will just call while she's like folding laundry and like making sure that she's having those touch points, even if it's like while doing something mundane, you know, um, I feel like has been, as I've gotten older, I've like really admired it. So it's definitely something that I want to incorporate more in my life with like long distance friends, even if that's only like a couple hours, but like they're obviously on like the extreme side of the spectrum. Um, another idea is just try to regularly FaceTime with long distance friends. I feel like FaceTime has been like a game changer for cultivating long distance relationships. Um, And this is like, you could even schedule like every, you know, every other Thursday we're going to FaceTime or I even saw some like fun ideas online, like each buy the same ingredients for a recipe and like make it on FaceTime and then like eat together. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. There's, I, the word mundane is a good word to use because that's what the word that I was trying to think of. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, just having having those little checkpoints is is so crucial and just implementing those. Our next tip is to keep up with their major milestones. So whether this is a birthday, you see on LinkedIn that they got a promotion or that they graduated. You know, we're all on social media for the most part, or at least you're checking it semi-regularly if you're around our age. Um, so when you see those big milestones, just send a text, send, comment on the post, really anything to just show them that you see it and you're happy for them. And, you know, I always get excited when I may post something or share something that's a bigger milestone in my life and I get texts or comments from people who I haven't heard from in a while just wishing me well. It definitely, you know, makes my heart a little happy. So you can do that or you can even send an e-card, which Anya has used ink card before. Is that the one that you sent to me? Like the yeah. paper one? Yeah. yeah. So it's not an e-card, but it is like an uh, app to make cards. Yeah, okay. And um, I now I'm sort of more into like handwriting the card and like doing the calligraphy and stuff like that. But this is a really good idea if you're not into that. So it's basically just this app 
with a bunch of templates and you can just fill in like the text and they'll send it to like straight to them in an envelope and everything. And so it's really easy. And it was surprisingly not too expensive. Like I'm trying to remember, but I want to say it was like less than $5 for me to send one. So really cool app. Definitely check it out if um, you want to send cards to your friends for milestones. Yeah, that's what I did for all my college friends for graduation. I sent them cards through Ink Card. Ink Card sponsor us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like really. Big yeah. Um, another tip is, you know, try not to get complacent with texting. I feel like we are lucky because texting makes communication super easy. And in a way, it is like almost sending a letter, like it's like a touch point. But at the same time, it's really easy to get lazy when it comes to texting and like not really have any like substantive conversation. Um, And so, you know, texting, also social media, I feel like it's really easy to just have like superficial interactions. Like you send each other TikToks, but you never actually like text. So it's important to try to go beyond that level to the extent that it makes sense with your friend. Like if you know that your friend feels just as close with you just sending TikToks, then like that's great. But I feel like a lot of the time we don't even realize that we're getting kind of complacent um, with all of the different social media platforms that we can be on. Like just liking their picture might not be enough for them, but you know, you know your friend. So make that judgment. Yeah, for sure. Then another tip is to make plans to see your friends and actually follow through. So all my introverted girlies out there, I know that's a little scary, but (laughs) um, this is something that actually me and my core group of friends from college are planning right now. We kind of just, one of my friends is like working literally all the time because that's just kind of the job that she has. She's kind of always on call. And so she got, you know, two days in April off and she was like, what are you guys doing? And we all were like, nope, don't have plans because it's like later in April. So she was like, okay, put it in your calendars right now. We are seeing each other one or both of these days. And we're like, cool, awesome. So just saying that, like sometimes all it takes is just, hey, I got literally 12 hours off in my day. Like, can anyone hang out? And just seeing who can do it. And then you get to see your friends. And if you're close enough, you can meet in the middle and explore a random town or a place you haven't been, you know, depending on location, obviously, you know best what uh, location restrictions and what works best. But I know I'm in New Hampshire and my three closest friends from college are kind of all scattered about Massachusetts. So finding a place to meet in the middle and doing it that way could be really helpful. And if there are kind of more strict restrictions and you're a bit more long distance, plan a weekend visit. So that way, you know, if you're making a longer drive, at least you're staying for a longer amount of time. Yeah. my uh, One of my friends and I met in the middle um, between Southern New Hampshire and Boston. So we met and went thrifting in the middle. And it was so cool because it was places that like I never would have gone or like mm-hmm. thought were any special. And I'm glad we got to go and I never would have gone to go if we hadn't just picked that as like the random middle point. So sure. definitely don't sleep on making a plan like that. Um, but to Kylie's point, you know, scheduling out a whole weekend really gives you something to look forward to also. And I feel like there's been so little to look forward to in this past, you know, year. So that can be really special to have like in the back of your mind that you're going to have something fun coming up. Um, and so kind of on that note, especially as, you know, people get vaccinated and things open up, you can start saving now, you know, agree to do that together so that you can schedule a trip and then work together to plan out all the details um, you know, planning a trip can take a lot of logistics. And so if you're having those touch points of scheduling the hotels, 
the planes, all of those things. It can be a way to – sorry if you hear my cat. She's really upset that I locked <laughs> I can't her hear up. her. <laughs> She's like yelling. I feel bad. Um, we'll probably wrap up soon and then I promise I'll cuddle her. Don't be don't be <laughs> twisted, you guys. Um, she just – the reason I can't have her in here is just because she like literally will walk on the microphone. Like she likes to sit on yeah, my desk. And does. so like there's no – like there's no having her in here without her being like really disruptive. So anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, I really love going on trips with friends. I feel like obviously it's fun to go on trips with like your significant other, but it's so different when you go with a friend and it's so special. So highly recommend. And I'm excited that like, we're finally going to be able to do that again, whether it's a flight later this year or even just a trip to like an Airbnb in an area that like you haven't been to or don't go to often. Um, so I, I always am a big advocate for stuff like that. It's such a fun way to reunite. I think. Yeah. You and I should plan another New York or Chicago trip. Yeah, two trips. Donnie and I. I'll literally go anywhere. I will literally like take me literally anywhere. Drop me anywhere random, and I'm down. That's my one of my favorite parts about being your friend is I'm like I could literally (laughs) go anywhere with Anya, and she'd be like, "Bet, let's do it." (laughs) That's the sad rising in me. (laughs) And I need that. I need that as a a meager little Libra with a a fragile Pisces heart. (laughs) Um. So our next tip, this one brings me back to like beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Because that's when I downloaded this with my friends and then never used it in case you were wondering. Uh, but it's the, it's a browser extension, right? Is that like I think so. Yeah, I think, I think that's the word. It's called Netflix Party and it allows you to um, start a Netflix movie, show, whatever you want to watch at the same time as your friends. And there's like a chat feature so you can chat each other your reactions so this is obviously especially good when you have super long distance friends that you can't see. You guys can have like a little movie night or even if you don't want to download the browser extension for whatever reason, like you guys could plan to just like press play at the same time and be on FaceTime together and do something like that. But there really is, you know, a way to work around sort of long distance, even if it's just one movie night that happens virtually which we're all used to nowadays anyways. Yeah. Another virtual media related suggestion is to do collaborative Spotify playlists. Um, And I used to do a lot of collaborative playlists in college and I feel like I've kind of fallen off of it, but I definitely want to get back on that because it's really fun. And just like to see what your friends are listening to and like what their energy is like for the season. I feel like it helps you like stay in touch that way too. And you can text them and be like, oh, I just listened to the song you added to the playlist. Like, I love it. Like, it's just a fun extra thing that you might have not, you know, initially thought of off the top of your head. Um, And then another idea I saw is to start a traveling scrapbook. And I saw someone on TikTok do this. I saw like a friend group do this. And so they basically just like bought a journal in the beginning of quarantine and they would all fill out like as many pages as they wanted with like how they were feeling. A lot of them would like um, collage like random stuff that they had around and like collected and whatever. And then they would send it to the next person and they would fill out a couple pages and they would send it to the next person. And I just think this is really cool. And it would be like really cool to look back on, I think, in a couple of years, especially if you're still friends, hopefully. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I kind of want to start this. Like, I feel like it's a very cool idea. Yeah, it's giving me like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Sisterhood of the Traveling Journal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of the collaborative Spotify playlist, this is also something you and I used to have. And I think we should revive. I don't remember what they were called, but I remember we thought they were really funny names. Yeah, at the time. We, 
I feel like they would be kind of cringy, like, because they were, like, 2016, 2017 humor, which, like, probably doesn't... Is, yeah, probably not yeah. good. And I feel like one of them revolved around the fact that you and I are, like, each other's only friends. <laughs> mm, probably, yeah. So we, like, did something with, like, squad, like... But it was, like, squad. just us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But nonetheless, maybe not revive the titles, but we should revive the concept. Um, so moving into our last tip, and this kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier... It's send your friends little gifts, especially if receiving gifts is one of their love languages. So I mentioned Anya got me champagne when I got my grades back, which is just just such a nice thing. And then my friend Emily sent me a Valentine's Day gift with a little stuffed animal guy. He's over there and some chocolates. And then my friend Amanda sent me a a finals care package that had a bunch of snacks and then a printed out picture of her dog and she was like steve (laughs) thinks you got this i was like this is incredible i literally have the picture of her dog on my bookshelf i'm like i love steve like he's my own steve is the dog's name in case you're wondering (laughs) um but yeah so i think this is just a really cute way especially if they don't know it's coming just surprise them and there's something better than getting a little gift from one of your one of your girlies so i definitely need to work this in myself and do this more for the friends in my life yeah and it's weird like the first time you have to ask for the address but then after that if you just note it then you can like really surprise like I did Christmas cards for all of my friends and I had to get a few addresses and I was like this kind of spoils it but now I have them you never know when a rogue package is gonna come through from me so watch out all right well that pretty much concludes this episode I hope it wasn't like a downer like I feel like I just want to get across the fact that like not all friendships have to live forever and that's okay, but some you want to. And here's some ways to, you know, nourish. I keep saying nourish. I feel like that's such a weird word, but nourish the ones that you want to. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a a, a motif on our podcast really that friendships are relationships that need to be nourished. So if anything, this is just an episode reminding you that you know, if you want to put in the work for certain friendships, here's how you can to make sure that they stay as strong as you want them to. And if you don't want them to stay strong, that's okay too, because you only live one life. So there's no need to keep in contact with friends that you don't want to keep in contact with, but you only live one life. So make sure you don't lose a good friend that you don't want to lose contact with. So well said. Thanks, thanks. And I think this is like our third friendship episode. So um, if you have any other topics on friendship, we'd love to elaborate. Slide into our DMs like we said earlier. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review. All the things. And don't forget to send us a voice memo with the biggest lesson that you have learned in the past year if you have not already. And it will be featured in our celebration episode. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, raise the roof. We're going to have to get like a remix of our intro music to like. I know. The party. <laughs> well, actually, fun fact our intro music is called Upbeat Party, which is Don't very. Don't expose us like that. <laughs> you can edit it out if you want. <laughs> no, no, I'm leaving it. It's important. It's important context. <laughs> yeah, we don't gatekeep here, remember? If people want right. to use Upbeat Party, they should, especially right. when it's in a celebratory fashion. <laughs> I don't even remember the website we got it off of. It's like a royalty-free yeah, thing. So if you're a podcaster, you know the struggle. But we yeah. honestly, it's it's pretty good. We have a we have a good time. Yeah, we're into it, and we hear it a lot in other things. So like, taste. yeah, we've heard it in like a couple commercials, which has been weird. It's been weird when I hear it like out of context because I'm like, whoa, like 
Yeah. What like it just really throws me off, but I'm glad we're not the only ones that are appreciating it. Yeah, it deserves it. <laughs> All right. Our royalty intro music tangent aside, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye guys. Bye.